before I start tonight, uh, the last part of my uh, Eden conversation, I couldn't help but really um, recognize during um, the service tonight uh, some new names being mentioned for different things. You know, you've recently been introduced to Mark, who got up to receive the offering, and you heard about Levi, who did a message at Youth on Friday, and Vian, who got up to um, share a word. And I, I am very excited about how that God is causing um, a raising up growing and, and, and elevating uh, different people uh, for a whole new season. I think God is up to something, and I'm really excited about it. And I just I want to acknowledge that and honor that and um, to say, watch the space of how God does amazing. One day, you'll, just, you'll, you'll blink your eyes, and God will have done something supernatural. And I want you to be part of that. Can you say amen to that? So, so I think it's always, always good to, when God starts to touch people's shoulder and go, step up, step up, new things, new things. So I want to acknowledge that and say thank you to all of you guys. And I'm very excited about what the rest of this year looks like and whatever is next. Amen. I've got very brave shoes on. I think we should just get that out of the way. It's come up a few times in conversation. It's, uh, they are, they, okay. So, um, uh, I thought I'd just own it and acknowledge it. Uh, brave men wear roses on their shoes. So, <clears throat> tonight I, I, um, I want to talk to you about uh, how to be good at changing and looking forward to new things. I don't know how you do with change. Some people aren't good with change. It is difficult to explain to people, some people, what they should change. And often people are very resistant to change until something very painful happens. Think about maybe <clears throat> that T-shirt you're going to wear when you get home, like that you've been wearing for five years now, and maybe it has holes. It's now a, it's a holy T-shirt in a hole, and you know it's time to get rid of it, but you are holding on for some emotional reason to something, and change is, is difficult. And then there are some people that just that change so fast in different seasons and areas. I can't keep up with you. I can't keep up with your relationship status. It changes from the morning to the afternoon, back to the next day. Different faces, different stories, different smiles, different emojis. I just can't keep up. I feel like saying, slow down. And then some people really want something to change and just don't know how. Just feel very stuck. Not stuck with the person you're sitting next to. Don't look now. Not stuck like that, but stuck in this feeling that uh, I've had this day and I'm having it again. And I've had this fight and I'm having it again. And I've tripped over this thing and I'm tripping again. That feeling. The sense that by now, you know that feeling, by now I should have. Have you ever been there? Have you ever gotten, I mean, I, mean, I know this sounds very... Uh, 
bougie, but have you ever gotten into a car, closed the door and the window fell down and you say to yourself, by now, in my life, my car should not do that. Like by now, my car should only have a key to turn it on, not also a strategy. I shouldn't have to have a gear shift and a kick and a thing and a spit and a prayer and the temperature must be just right and then the car, like by now. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? You ever said to yourself, by now I should be married, you know? Yeah, some loud amens there. I have not said that to myself even once. I just want you to know. Not even once. Um, or, or perhaps you have felt by now, you know, I should be, I should have, <laughs> I should have gotten past Echoes too. Like by now, like there's that, that, that was my statistics, my one, like statistics first year, statistics second year, but first year, statistics third year, but first year. Like I was like the lecturer's best friend. At some stage, the lecturer became a Christian just to pray me out of statistics uh, first year. Um, but you get that sort of sense of stuckness. And you want something to change, but you don't know. How? And then there's this other kind of change. All of these things I'm going to find in Scripture for you in a moment. And that is when God wants you to change and you can't see it. Now, there are lots of people like that. Like, do you not see the sign? Like, you know, have you ever, have you ever had a friend or been in your own history in a situation where everybody else could tell that you were lost to know that something was supposed to end start, be laid down, be picked up, and you just didn't see it. And, and I, think, um, I think there's something about listening to the Spirit and knowing when God is doing a new thing. The Bible says that God makes all things new. In its time, He makes all things new. There is a time when you need to pivot. And I think this is such a time. And you know, there is no good age for changing. And I keep hearing from people, the older you get, the harder it is to change. Let me, let me just tell you, as somebody who knows old people, <laughs> because the alternative is to say that as someone who's getting older, I think that's total nonsense. I think older people change more even the young people are amening right now, the babies. I think older people change quicker than younger people. Do you know why? Because older people say, I thought I knew what I was talking about. And I have a lot of lessons proving that I was wrong. Let's go with this. Young people think, I know what I'm talking about. I've got to do it my way. And um, it takes a few trips and falls and stumbles to finally go to that incredible place at the Garden of Gethsemane and finally mouth those words, not my will, your will be done, Lord. Like that is so easy as you age, but it is so hard when you are young. And I, I want to set you up tonight on how to start something new in your life, how to let God provoke something new in your life. Now, the Bible, if you ever were to research new, there's this um, a reputation out there that religion and Christianity is holding on to old. But the Bible actually says that God puts a new song in your heart. 
a song of praise to our God that, that we have a faith built on a new covenant with new promises, that he does a new thing, see how it springs up. Actually, those who follow Christ are more comfortable with new things than those who don't because Christ changes us. In fact, can I tell you, let me, may I be um, brave in my prophetic pronouncements? I know that sounded like pathetic, but my prophetic announcements. I, I believe because of who God is that a person who has up until now been a shy person can enter into a new season of boldness. And a person who has been a lonely person can enter into a new season of friendships. And a person who has suffered can enter into a new season of, some, of promotion and success. And the IQ tests will tell you this is who you've been, but the Bible's tests will tell you who you will yet be. There are no psychometric tests that will tell you who you will be. That's a lie. They just test who you are that day. But the Word of God uh, uh, testifies to who you will yet be. There's something really, really powerful about that. In fact, I'll tell you my own story. Uh, um, and it's just like, it's like a preacher joke, okay? So just bear with me. But um, my own story. Uh, before the pandemic, I like preached every Sunday, every service, did all the devotions, led all the meetings, like I just like I was in my own head the man. Very loud amen there, Matt, for the second week in a row now. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's okay. And then during the pandemic, I went through this journey with the Lord about how I've got to enter into a new season. My new season is to act more like a father and to raise people. And that will be my part of my assignment. And I was to change the configuration of things. And Mike and Vince got called into new roles or whatever. And here's the funny thing. Uh, five years ago, if you asked other preachers in South Africa, who's the one guy in South Africa who's going to mess up raising new leaders? They would have said, George. Because I was on everything. And now I get phone calls from pastors saying, so how, did, how, are, you raise, like, how are you raising people? As I say to pastors, I've got to be on the screen, guys, as much as possible on the screen in your churches. And then one of the Lord said, no, let them preach. So now I'm on the screen three times a year. And it feels so good. I don't have to worry about makeup. It just feels so good. You see, it's a lie that you have been locked in as you are and are therefore unchangeable. That's not true. That's unbiblical. You are changing and you can be more changeable. And if you'll put yourself in the hands of the potter, he will of you make clay again that is malleable and changeable and he will stretch your capacity and it'll enlarge your capacity and you will be made new. You have to own that. You have to say, this is our God and therefore this is who I am because of who he is. I think there's a need for us to adopt that a teachability and willingness for, for new. And I think God is trying to do something new and I want to be part of that and I want you to be part of that and learn how to step into that. And some of you who never thought you would be this or that are going to testify because of God, 
I am in this new season. I'm in this new space. Somebody said to me the other day, um, they'd run a few businesses and they'd gotten into a couple of entrepreneurial things and they said, well, this business didn't work, so I'm going to do that. And they made an interesting statement. They said, I don't think God wants me to have money. I was like, hmm. I think the right language is I've gone through a season where I've learned to rely on him with lack. But that season shouldn't define me. God can also change my season to a new season of abundance. Paul said, I have learned whether I have little or much to be content in my God. But he didn't limit it to only one season. Because if you do that, you will develop an attitude of rejecting something that God is sending. God must send it, but you must receive it. And I'm assuming that a lot of us have blessings lying around, sent to us by take a lot heaven that you just won't sign for. And you, you, you've got to receive. You can't reject it. You've got to receive. You can't close the door. So I think there's something to be said in that space. So I only want to study one scripture tonight. It's in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you're, it's not very popular to like open a thing or an app, but it is good to put it on record because maybe you'll just open Notepad and just write it uh, uh, down, and then you can perhaps study it at some, at some stage or just uh, have a read. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, I'm first going to read a portion in the message translation, which is like the everyday cool translation, and then I'm going to read a similar portion, the same portion, but in an actual Bible. No, but no, no, the message is very good, but it's not like technical. <clears throat> I mean, that is important, right? Like that, like if you go see a doctor... Um, he must explain something to you in a way you understand, but when he's doing the surgery, he better have technical knowledge. Like, I wouldn't like a doctor to be saying, pass me the thingy with a sharp pointy end. Like, I think I would like him to call it what it is, but to me, he can say, we're going to take a thingy and we're going to... But, okay, so. Ephesians 4, it's literally titled The New Man. Uh, verse 17 says this, and so I insist, and God backs me up on this, got to love Paul's confidence, uh, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. You've refused for so long to deal with God, that they, they refused for so long to deal with God that they lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore. They don't feel pain. They let themselves go into sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. But that's no life for you. You've learned Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him, been well instructed in the truth, precisely as we have it in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything connected with the old way of life, has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on. You see, it's the and then part. But actually, just leave it on the screen. You remember a few years ago, and then was like a phrase. Oh, it's not so long ago. Some of you are still doing it. Like if, like if somebody said something and then you weren't impressed, you were like, and then? Okay, so, so Paul is like also saying, okay, but now you get rid of stuff, and then? What's new? 
So I'm, I'm confronting this idea that we surrender or give up or reject something old, but you have not finished your assignment until you have an and then. And then moment. Uh, and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. You should no longer... Um, oh, shall, shall I read it in the King James quickly? New King James, New King James, proper Bible. Same verse, eh? Amazing. You won't believe it. You should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walked in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lewdness, to working all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have learned him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful us, and that you be renewed, is that word, new. He makes all things new. In the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Both verses, I think, are legit. And they both have some powerful things to say. So here's what I'd like you to uh, make a note of and think about tonight. I want to talk to you about four steps to adopt, four decisions to adopt on how to become somebody ready, comfortable for something new in your life. And you know, I, um, the great joy of the Christian faith and being filled with the Spirit of God is that you don't have to stay stuck or become stagnant. And I have felt both of those. I don't know if you've ever read a verse in the Bible or two, and it just didn't hit you. You just felt stagnant or prayed a prayer, and at the end of the prayer thought to yourself, oh, I've prayed that prayer before. I'm almost tired of praying that prayer. Or sat at home for one more Saturday night on your own and thought, oh, my life feels stuck. Many, many years ago, there was an Afrikaans song about that. It's so old that I think only three people here will know it. Stoksilalian. Wow, a lot of you know it. Is that because you sang it to yourself while downing one more brandy and coke and said, looked in the mirror and said, Stoksilalian. Oh. Seko having a moment of revival in the throat, something coughing out that spirit of deception. You know... <clears throat> Your life can feel stuck and you, here's the thing, stop hoping somebody will rescue you. That is a false hope. And when nobody rescues you, you take it personally. My friends don't care. They've all gotten married and left me behind. They all graduated and they've forgotten me. They've all got a hobby and forgotten me. Like, cut it out. Stop being a victim. Nobody is coming to rescue you because Jesus is our rescuer. You have to lean in there. And the church didn't phone me and nobody noticed and oh my soul. I mean, we should. Friends should be better friends and the church should be a better church and your, 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 
your social circle should be more considerate and married people should think about single people and single people should think about married people. All of that is true. It's all shallow. The real change is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because your friend's going to go home at some point. And then it's just you. And that's why it's, it's got to be Christ. So, um, four ideas from that passage of Scripture. And then I, I would like very much tonight to just offer a time of prayer at the end to encourage those of you who feel the push toward a new season, a new change, a newness. If that, that's a word, isn't it? Newness. Newness of life. Yeah, it's a word. To, if you feel a push toward newness, you're now making stuff up. Um, to, to really pray for you about that because I, I, I think sometimes, you know, uh, there, there is a, when two or three agree uh, on earth will be done, like you need that, that little shove. And I, I want to encourage you to do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and land the preach before seven so that uh, we can do a time of prayer. Is that, is that okay? You're good with that? And then, and then you can always come back next week because I'm... I'd, I'd like you to, and I'm going to be here. Um, and, and, and never come to church alone. Like, come with somebody. Amen. Let's make it a mission, like, to change the world. Because the world sure does need some change. Uh, three, three, four uh, decisions you need to make in order to be a changeable person in the right way. Number one, you need a new name. Now, I don't mean like this new trend <laughs> that's going on on TikTok now. People who visit South Africa from like America and they give themselves their South African name. So like Ali is Tandeka and then the, oh, you follow her. Like I, I, I think everybody must just calm, like imagine, I don't know, I don't know if I inserted like a middle name Sort of my closer name. I don't know. I don't know. That's trying too hard. I don't know, isn't it? I don't mean that. And I also don't mean like find a biblical name that's going to prophesy over your life more. You know, call me, you know, George, David, uh, Mighty Warrior, Loiso, <laughs> Georgia. Like, I think it's uh, maybe over, like it's over the top. But I'll tell you what I mean by a name. The name is the characteristic by which you define yourself. <laughs> it's like the Lord said she said last. Someone got it right. What a name is. Flip man. Yay! Said heaven. Cool, cool. Um you know, it's the thing you default to. So, give you an idea of a name. I, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a triathlete. Uh, it's the quality or characteristic by which you define yourself. And sometimes, in our prayer life, it comes out strongest. We might not even use the word, but we might say, Hi, oh, Lord, um, I'm hurting. So, that's your name in that conversation. You need to change that. Hi, Lord. I'm set free. Now you start there. From there, 
new things can come into your life. Because I don't know if anybody's told you, but it, it is not magnetic if you're putting out broken vibes all the time. I know all that language sounds terrible. It doesn't sound Christian at all. Uh, but if you're heavy laden, you can't uh, enter into new things. You're, just, you're stuck. So you've got to change that. And, and the way you do that is, is in prayer. So you say, Lord, I, I thank you that you are my redeemer. I am, name, a child of God. Yes. You put it in there. Put it in there. Sometimes a good way to even start that is when you read the Bible and it talks about Christians, in your mind or, or literally when you read it out loud, put your name there, your actual personal name. I did this many, many years ago uh, um, in, in my 20s, uh, two years ago, five years ago, whatever. Uh, I, I, there, there's a place in Isaiah 54. Uh, it says, it says there, for, for, for I have called you, uh, I have appointed you. Talks about a prophetic word, and somebody, uh, uh, a spiritual mentor, said, "Just put, George. I have called you." <laughs> it was hard, eh? I was easy, easily accepted other people, but for me, it felt like I was undeserving of such great encouragement. We've got to live by a new name. And you don't have to do it publicly, just in your heart, in your walk with God. Tonight, maybe some of you, we need to get up and come forward for prayer, and you need to say, okay, I am a child of God. I am a son. I am a daughter. All you need to say, I am set free. All you need to say, I have walked away from my past. I am made new. You need, you need to own it. It's going to struggle to come out. Of, it's going to, you know why? Because all those demons are holding you in your present holding pattern, your present position. But once you start speaking it, the word, uh, the Bible says, here's, a, here's, a, here's theology to match my example. The Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. When you say it out of your mouth, not my mouth, not the preacher's mouth, when you say it out of your mouth, God watches over his word and something grows inside of you and you own it. Secondly, you need a new lane. You know they say stay in your lane? I'm literally telling you to change lanes tonight. Like, and I'll tell you why. Um, there is a road marked out for me. It is marked out by the Lord. It is not my road, and it is not the road of my circumstances. It is the one God has marked me out. And every now and then, I have to get out of my head and my lane and step into the one God has given me. You've got to get into it. It's a rhythm. It's a route. It's a map. You've got to figure out the map. Now, look. To stay in my lane, I don't need a map. It's natural. But to walk, God's walk is supernatural. I need a map. I need to hear from the Lord. Is that a clappable moment? Yeah. Thank you. 
I need, I, if I do what comes naturally to me, then I need no instruction and I need no guidance. But if I'm going to do what is supernatural, in other words, a level above natural, then what I need is a map and a mentor. And the day you change lanes from your own road to his road, everything changes. You don't know what could be around the corner because God has appointed it like that. Amen? To surprise you, to encourage you. Uh, th thirdly, and I, I don't mean this in the relationship sense, you need a new flame. <laughs> some of you saw it before I preached it and you were already very anxious. I saw some of you like sweat beads, but we like each other, we like our flame. I don't mean it like that. I mean that, um, is, isn't it interesting that when the Holy Spirit came down in the... Uh, book of Acts, it was like tongues of fire. And in the Old Testament, when the prophets offered an offering, fire came down from heaven and received it. Uh, fire is partly about um, stoking something to keep it fresh. Uh, actually, a fireplace, when the fire has died, is quite dirty. I mean, it looks so glamorous when there's actual fire. Like I lit my fireplace the other day. It was nice and cold. Go on to those with the glass door. It's very fancy. It's so cool. And then the next day, I sort of open it and dust everywhere and half a log and it's got to be scraped and cleaned and the glass needs to be wiped. Your soul uh, gets soot when the fire dies. And you need to get a little bit of you need to wipe, clean, scoop old logs, old flame, old story, old style. And then you need to say, Lord, a, a light of fire in me. Um, and, and quicken me. And breathe your breath upon me. And the incredible encouraging thing is, if your fire's half gone, the Bible says God knows how to, a smoking Flax he will not quench. Like if there's even a little bit of fire left, somewhere in the corner, he knows how to turn it into a flame. You need to be on fire is what I'm saying. Like you can't see new things in your life if you're not on fire. And I want to encourage you to, to do that. And in the last three minutes, I feel so good about this. I feel like I set a goal and achieved it, which is just that 50, an amazing feeling. Um, to end on time is uh, you need a new game. Now, I'll tell you what I mean by that. It just fits nicely on the pattern of poetry. But here's what I need. We all play a game every day with ourselves. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You say to yourself, this afternoon, I'm going to study and then I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to spend 20 minutes in meditation. And then I'm going to write in my journal. And then all you did was watch Game of Thrones for four hours. Like, <laughs> that's a nice game you played with yourself. You were like, okay, I'm playing this game. We're going to pretend that we're going to do this, but we pretty much know we're going to do that. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, you need to let God change the game in your life. Um and insert into it some new things that'll shake things up. And here's how you do that practically. Take one thing and um, 
radically change it. Um, move your prayer time from a five-minute prayer in the morning to five minutes at lunchtime for a month. Change the game. Because predictability is the devil's permission to trap you. If he can predict you, he'll, he'll trap you. But if you can shake it up and move things around enough to keep opportunity fresh, something's going to change. Something's going to change. Make the first song you listen to at gym a high-powered praise and worship song. Just the first one. And then you can go to like the techno crazy. But make the first one. Shake it up in some kind of way. What's the first thing you do when you get up? Change that. The first thing you do is catch up on your YouTube recommendations. <laughs> that too personal? I found myself doing that, waking up at two in the morning and I'm like, why am I checking up on, you know, what happened in TikTok this, over the last six hours? Like, nobody cares right now. I can do that later. So I'll tell you what I decided to do. I chose a song, made it my alarm. Did an alarm just go off? Guys, things are getting funnier here. Jesus is here. Whatever negative thoughts you had, I suggest you wind them back and repent because prophecy is coming to this house. Um, and I, I picked a specific song that I wanted the language of that song to speak to me, and it's my alarm. And I always used to wake up before my alarm and then cancel it. I don't do that anymore. In this season, my new thing, my new game plan, I let that song play fully. And I lie in bed and I say, Lord, thank you that that is truth over my life. Lord, thank you that I will see that in this day. Lord, thank you that this is going to be a testimony. Every word being sung here, it's a word from you. And that song is five and a half minutes. And for five, it feels like the longest five and a half minutes at the beginning. Because I'm a get out of bed guy. Like I see sleeping as purely mechanical. I almost don't see the point. I would prefer to be plugged into some sort of an AI thing that just keeps me going. Joke. But I just like, that's my game plan. Because, before, because un, until I change it, I became a victim of a predictable game plan. You've got to change the game plan. It's true in everything. If you do the same three exercises in the gym, you don't grow. You've got to change the pattern. If you eat the same three meals every day, you're going to get sick of them. If you uh, uh, do the same route on a cycling tour every day, you're going to get tired of it. If you're going to, you've got to shake that up spiritually. Change the game. And watch new things come into your life. Can you say amen to that? So would you stand with me? Let's pray. New name, new lame, lane, new flame, and, um, and a new game. So I, I wonder with um, like literally seven o'clock, if we couldn't just take that extra minute now, just to... Open the door for prayer. Now, I'd really like to invite you not to rush off. Like, um, 
it's such a great opportunity to hang out, grab a cup of coffee or whatever. I would personally love to like have suppers available in Warehouse One, but um, I'm not I'm not sure how to. We'll we'll do that someday, Mike. That's a word from the Lord. <laughs> did you did you really? Is there a possibility, like chicken licking top? Oh, okay, all right. Clearly, that was offensive to somebody. Um, but I think a moment to pray uh, and, and just trust the Lord in that. So would you mind if we closed our eyes for a moment and then in this ho holy moment, like um, we deliberately keep the lights down enough so you can feel safe to respond without judgment. So that's one of our goals is for you to be in a space where you feel like you and the Lord were in a conversation. It wasn't anybody's business how that conversation went. But if you're stuck uh, uh, or, or you are, or you are, you need a shift, and you just can't see it, or you can't do it. I'd just love to pray for you. If any of those categories are really have really meant something uh, for you tonight, and this is for you, I, I, I'd like you to stay where you are and just raise your hand and say, "I am here for a prayer for that tonight." Thank you, thank you. Something new, something a game change. Uh, something has to change, and it's now. It's a now moment. So I'm going to pray over you, and then uh, um, uh, over the whole uh, community. And if you'd like personal prayer, that's what this team of uh, trustworthy people are uh, available for up front. And please always remember to have communion whenever you want um, uh, up front. Here. That's what it's there for. Come have communion, or write a, a, an anonymous prayer request, and the pastors will pray together on on a, a Tuesday. So I'm going to pray for everyone who raised or is raising their hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, open our eyes. Make us aware, discerning of what needs to be laid down and then what needs to be put on. So we don't find ourselves stuck in this infinite loop, a day on repeat, weeks on repeat, years on repeat, wishing for a rescue or wishing for something to change and not really seeing that you are our disciple, our leader, our, our mentor. You're the, you're, your spirit changes us. You make all things new. You are the one who calls us a new creation. Will you help us do that? I pray, Father, that every person who is stuck will feel their feet lift in the name of Jesus. Every mindset that has been entrenched will be silenced and a new strategy will evolve one little step at a time. You'll shake it up and we will find ourselves in a new day, in a new season, carrying a new name, walking by in a new lane and putting our trust fully in you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for breakthrough to redefine the language we use over our own lives, our future, and the plan. And Lord, we declare, we open, we confess, we're open to new things. Thank you that you're the God who does a new thing. Would you please do it in our, in our lives? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... One last shout of praise. Is that okay? And thanking God in advance for freedom.